With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. couple people out there already saying, well, the Big Ten doesn't allow out-of-conference games to be played. Yeah, but the Big Ten has already proven they will change any rule. Back in July, they weren't going to allow any fall sports to exist at all. And then they came in suddenly and said, oh, wait, we're going to play after they saw that the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, the NFL – Smaller conferences were all going to be able to play and they were going to look bad. And now they're talking about changing the rules so that Ohio State could play in the Big Ten championship game even though they're not playing enough games as was expected to begin the season. So I'm not in any way worried about the existing rules in the Big Ten. I think if Ohio State went to the Big Ten the athletic directors, and said, hey, we want to play Texas A&M. This is potentially going to get us your only team that is potentially going to make the playoff into the playoff, then I think it would be almost impossible for the athletic directors in the Big Ten not to change the rules. Do you guys agree with me, by the way, that Ohio State and Texas A&M in an ideal world, should pick up the baton. Exact same thing that we saw BYU, to their credit, and Coastal Carolina do and get a game scheduled on short notice for Saturday. I mean, to me, it's just an absolute no-brainer. 1,000%. In fact, I retweeted that as soon as you were online yesterday saying that you wanted a, an A&M Ohio State weekend. And I agree. I've watched both teams play that would be the best matchup. 
Yeah, look, it would be effectively a additional playoff game. And both teams would be able to make their case, hey, we should be the last playoff team in. And I think they could solidify their case. And I don't think they would have to play another game. Now, right now, Texas A&M has Tennessee scheduled on December 19th. But if I'm Texas A&M, that's a walk-off shot. You know, we just go ahead. I talked to the SEC. I'm sure Tennessee is not going to be upset to a large degree, I don't think, if they didn't have to play Texas A&M, a game they are likely to lose. I think Tennessee would be fine finishing their regular season three and six, getting to play in a bowl game. And then you would have Texas A&M basically say to the committee, okay, we're in. And I, I think that's just an, a no-brainer, honestly. I think it is, uh, it, it's, it's a game that should happen. What about you, Dub? Any doubt at all if this is a game that should happen? I 1 billion percent want it to happen, but if I'm A&M, I'm like already on a plane to Columbus, hoping it's going to happen, doing everything I can to make it happen. But Ohio State, I'm not really sure if it's necessarily worth it for them. I feel like it's kind of risky for them in getting into the playoff because I think the Big Ten is going to put Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, regardless if this game is played or not. And they're going to be a two-touchdown-plus favorite against anybody they play in that game. Against A&M, they're probably a single-digit favorite on a neutral field. So I think, I mean, they have a way better chance of losing against A&M versus anybody else in the Big Ten. So I'm not sure if Ohio State's necessarily too eager to make that game happen. Uh, look, this is why I would, if I were uh, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork, say we're, we'll play you. The first team to come out and say we will play, to me, if it comes down to them, let's say they won't play, right? Put the onus on Ohio State to say they won't play. Because if you are willing to make this game happen, I think in the mind of the playoff committee, that would resonate potentially when they make the decision about which teams are going to be able to make it. Because in the back of their minds, even if they don't acknowledge it, they can be like, well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Texas A&M on short notice was willing basically to play uh, to play against them anywhere, right? Especially if they say, hey, we'll play you in Columbus. I tossed out the city of Nashville because it's basically midway between them. The Titans are on... Uh, not playing this weekend. They're going down to Jacksonville. So you've got a football stadium sitting right there in Nashville. Easy trip from Columbus, easy trip from College Station, and that's a legitimately neutral site. But given the fact that Ohio State doesn't have any fans present inside of their stadium right now, there's no real massive advantage to playing in Columbus if you're Texas A&M and you want to play against Ohio State. Get it done. You know, tap the gloves. Let's go to it. What about you, Eddie? What do you think about this? I think it's a great idea as a college football fan. I would absolutely love to see it, but I got to agree with Dub. If you're Texas A&M, absolutely. If you're Ohio State, I don't think there's any reason to do this because if you win, that's great. But if you lose, then you're done. And I think if they just stand pat, I think the Big Ten's going to find a way to get him in the title game. They're going to change their rules because they want them to get into the college football playoff. And as long as Alabama beats Florida, they're going to get in. Yeah, I think that's the danger zone, right? Is It's not as if they're guaranteed to be in because if Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beats Notre Dame, then Ohio State wouldn't get in. And I think Ohio State would potentially get in. And the same thing might be true if Texas A&M 
if whoever wins that game, right? I, I think you might get in over Notre Dame. I really do. Because if you go look at the resumes overall and Notre Dame loses to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and you're deciding between Ohio State that beat Texas A&M or Texas A&M that beat Ohio State in addition to all the SEC games, I think you can argue that that team would have a better resume than Notre Dame. I think that's the play you could make to kind of elevate yourself because otherwise... I think there's a 0% chance, I really do, that Ohio State or certainly Texas A&M get in the college football playoff if Alabama beats Florida, sorry, if Florida beats Alabama and if uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson's going to be favored probably nearly by double digits to beat uh, to beat Notre Dame and also Alabama's going to be favored. So you would just need one upset there and it would be Florida beating Alabama and you're out of the running, you don't have any hope at all to make it, I think there's a chance that if, again, to me, if you played A&M and Ohio State, that you could slide in as the four spot even if those upsets happen. What about you, Roberto? Yeah, Want to see it happen? Yeah, it's a great idea, especially to see a, a non-conference uh, game this late in, in the college football season. That would be great, but I agree with, with Dub and uh, AD. I think Ohio State's going to get in the – Big Ten title game regardless. They have to change the rule, and I'm not sure. It's an interesting uh, proposition. The Based on the conversations that I've had, I hear a couple of different uh, storylines out there. First of all, the Big Ten athletic directors have to change the overall rules as to who advances to uh, the Big Ten playoff, uh, Big Ten championship game. And what has to happen there is they initially said you have to play six games now they would have to bump it back down to five or whatever number they want to reassess it as. And if I'm, let's just like kind of toss that out there. If I'm Indiana and I uh, would otherwise be the team that goes to the Big Ten championship game, how often is Indiana ever going to be in the Big Ten championship game? Would you change the rule? Would you vote to change the rule if you were Indiana? I wouldn't. I'm going to be straightforward with you. If I'm the if I'm the Indiana athletic director, we have played under an understood set of rules all season long, and our team would be going to the Big Ten championship game as a result of the rules as they were placed on us before the season started. And suddenly at the end of the year, you're going to come back to us and say, no, we're changing the rules now. I 100% would not vote for the rules to change. Because I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how often you would ever end up in a situation where Indiana is potentially in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, think about it. Michigan not there. Penn State not there. Ohio State not there. How often, if you're Indiana, do you ever get the possibility to play in the Big Ten title game? And do you think if... In, and not only play in it, have a decent chance to win it because you're playing Northwestern. Do you think that Indiana would consider this to be a cheap Big Ten football title? Are you kidding me? You're Indiana. There's no such thing as a cheap Big Ten football title. When Has Indiana ever won the Big Ten title before? I mean, I'm betting the answer is no. I'm going to look it up right now quickly, but... 
how many allies and assets could Indiana and other schools like Indiana have among the athletic directors? And also, how many people has the Ohio State sort of industrial complex angered over the years? Because remember, I mean, basically if they are saying these rules are changed, they're doing whatever it takes for Ohio State to be able to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to basically advance. Look, Indiana, I'm looking at it right now. They have won two Big Ten titles in 1945 and in 1967. How many times in the next 20 years is Indiana going to play for a Big Ten championship of any type? Ever again? I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say in the next 20 years, the next generation, it's unlikely that Indiana will play for a Big Ten title. How about the next 40 years? Imagine if you are the Indiana athletic director, how would you respond to this? So we'll see if they change the rules, but for people out there who are saying, oh, well, Ohio State's not allowed to play an out-of-conference game, they wouldn't change the rule for Nebraska. Well, this is kind of a break-the-glass scenario. Nebraska was right. They should have been able to play out-of-conference games. The Pac-12, to their credit, went and changed their rules to allow non-conference games to be played if there were a possibility, if Ohio State wanted to play Texas A&M, I think the Big Ten would figure out a way to get it done. And to me, that's a solution without having to change the Big Ten title uh, rules, right? Because really, does anybody care about seeing Ohio State play Northwestern? Is that suddenly going to tell you something about Ohio State that you haven't already seen this year in the Big Ten? What would tell you something about Ohio State is having them play a big-time championship-caliber team in Texas A&M from the SEC outside of their conference schedule. We would learn way more about Ohio State in seeing them play against Texas A&M than we would changing the rules so they could play Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. How how many votes would be needed to change that? I don't know. I I don't know if it's a simple majority or I don't don't know if there is – a some sort of you know more uh, substantial majority. I'm, I, I don't um, have the Big Ten bylaws in front of me, and I haven't read from anybody. One of you guys can try to look that up and see if it's public anywhere, but I haven't heard exactly how many people, whether it's in a 14-team conference, all they need is eight votes, which would obviously be a majority. Uh, eight people would have to vote to change it, or is it a more substantial number than that Remember back when they decided to cancel the season in order to change the rule, there was a different number of votes that you needed. It was, I think, a majority in order to change things, but maybe to reverse that rule, it required more than a majority. So uh, it's a good question, and I don't know uh, the answer there. I think we got, Dub, a couple of different people who want to weigh in uh, on phones. Is that true? That's right. Let's start with Charlie and Dayton. Charlie, what you got for me? You're on fire this morning, man. That's why you're the best in the business. And I hope everybody in Columbus is listening right now. Uh, a couple of years ago, Notre Dame was being questioned about whether or not they should go to the playoffs because they were going to play 12 games because they don't play conference championships. Yeah. And the fact that Ohio State's even being considered for the playoffs right now is insane to me. Um, and everybody up here is talking about fairness. 
and the fact that Ohio State should be in the Big Ten championship game, and to me, the only thing that's fair or even close to fair is what you suggested. They should have to play Texas A&M. That's, that's, the only, that's the only way I would ever consider them a playoff contender because they haven't played anybody, and they've only played five games. If, if, if you live anywhere else like you live in SEC land, I wouldn't even – Ohio State, are you kidding? They shouldn't even be considered playoffs. Thanks, Clay. Yeah, thanks for the call. I, this is the Big Ten's failure that Ohio State has only right now played five games and may finish their regular season only playing five games. This is not Ohio State's fault. They fought as hard as they possibly could, the Buckeyes did, to play this season. This is a complete failure of the Big Ten and the way that they set up their schedule so that every single game has to be canceled as opposed to being postponed. Because think about it, Alabama is going to play 11 conference games. Florida is going to play 11 conference games. And you're telling me Ohio State might play six conference games? That's a monster difference in terms of assessing the overall talent of a team. There will never have been a better tested champion in the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 than what's going on this year with all of the games that are being played. And then in the Pac-12 and the Big 10, the entire season has turned into a complete mess because of the way they scheduled all this. Who's next, Dub? Yeah, we got Joe in New York. All right, Joe, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, huge fan. First time calling in years. Been listening to you from the beginning, so I appreciate everything. Thank you. I, appreciate uh, that. I, I hear you guys. Thank you. I, I actually hear you guys back and forth. So originally I was going to say that I think it makes all the sense in the world for Ohio State, Texas A&M. I agree with you. But given the fact that the Big Ten is kind of botched from the beginning and they have to make the call on whether they would obviously waive the mandate to you know play an out-of-conference game like the Texas A&M or – um, or have them play in the Big Ten championship game, doesn't it make all the sense in the world, and I'd rather see the Texas A&M game by far, doesn't it make all the sense in the world, though, for the Big Ten to just keep, to, to kind of waive the, the championship game and then have them play, say, Northwestern, because they know they're going to run through them, and then they qualify with six games and then can get into college football playoff, just so they make sure they get them in, as opposed to playing a Texas A&M and potentially losing that game, because obviously it's an SEC team who can play. I mean, I, I just feel like for, from the Big Ten's perspective, I, I don't see how it benefits them greatly to play the Texas A&M game um, because, like you said, it kind of puts them at a little bit of risk. I mean, if they win, it's a huge win. If Florida does beat Bama in a close one and then, you know, uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame in a close one, that's where it gets a little tricky because who do you leave out? I mean, I guess Notre Dame would be the team, but it would be tough to leave you know, a one-loss Notre Dame team out who just lost a rematch in a close game. So I feel like it, it kind of does benefit the Big Ten in a way just to get Ohio State that Big Ten game, have them just destroy Northwestern, sitting there 6-0. and Does the committee really leave an undefeated Ohio State team out of the, big, out of the playoff? Yeah, thanks for the call. Um, th- that scenario that I laid out for people, I mean, this is not a crazy idea. I expect that Alabama will win out and go 11-0, and right? I think they will beat Arkansas, and I think they will beat Florida. But if Florida beats LSU this weekend, and then they pulled off an upset of Alabama in the SEC title game, and Clemson beats Notre Dame, which is the expected outcome in the ACC championship game, 
then I think your four teams, if Texas A&M and Ohio State don't play, would be Florida, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. And, and those would be your four playoff teams. If Texas A&M and Ohio State played, I think you could have a big argument about whether Notre Dame should get in or not. And, uh, and that would be the difference of having played that game. So I understand your point of, hey, if Ohio State just plays in the Big Ten championship game and they change the rules and they play against Northwestern and they are able to win that game and they're 6-0 and and they're the Big Ten champs, they're going to get in the playoff. And so the Big Ten doesn't need to change anything. But that scenario that I just laid out, I don't think there's any way 6-0 and Ohio State gets in if Florida upsets Alabama and if Clemson beats Notre Dame. I think Ohio State is left on the outside looking in. So there is a risk in just trying to change your rules and having a champion that you crown at 6-0 and because Ohio State's schedule, given the collapse of Penn State, given the collapse of Michigan and not even being able to play them, um, I think it becomes a more difficult argument to make. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Join now, as we often are, on the Wednesday edition of the program by Shannon Spake as she gets ready to travel up to New Jersey for the Giants game against the Cardinals. What percentage of your Christmas shopping, now that we've got Christmas music playing all the time, have you completed, Shannon? Yeah, it's funny. Danny G, actually, when he called me this morning, he heard the fire drill that goes on at my house, um, you know, in the morning at about 7.20, trying to get the boys out the door. Um, I am probably about 95% complete. I haven't started wrapping yet, uh, but that will probably start very, very soon. But it's probably about 95%. And, I, and I've probably been done, and here go the dogs, I've probably been done um, for about two or three weeks. So. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. I mean, that's uh, that's really on the ball in terms of having everything done, especially with your travel schedule and everything else. Uh, so uh, I would imagine there's a lot of people envious out there. I have no idea what <laughs> yeah. what percentage of our Christmas shopping has been done because I do none of it. So uh, I, I think Laura's probably on top of it. Well, um, you're like my husband then. <laughs> yes, uh, zero clue. I actually I'm a... buy my own gifts and wrap them and put them under the tree. Oh, so do you really? That's, that. that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she told me the other day what she wanted, and I said to just go ahead and buy it so uh i I think uh i think she's on top of that too uh all Mm -hmm. right so you've actually got an intriguing game with Mm -hmm. the giants who are suddenly on a roll uh and now the cardinals who are fighting for a playoff spot and have fallen down this is kind of the way oftentimes the nfl season goes teams can get hot and for a while there after the hell murray it was oh my goodness the cardinals are really Mm -hmm. rolling and now they're back to 500 and meanwhile the Giants have won several games in a row what are you anticipating from that game well I think just like you said anything can happen any week in the NFL Um, it'll be interesting to see if Larry comes back I mean I know that he's older and and he's not you know DeAndre Hopkins uh, right now but he is a decoy because he can he's a big body out there so we'll see if he comes back Uh, I don't know the Daniel Jones situation I know that he practiced last week hamstrings are so tricky, especially when it gets cold like this, because they could just at any moment flare up, and you just don't know what's going to be the issue with Daniel. But Colt McCoy, I mean, that was a huge, huge win, as you just mentioned. And regardless of whether or not they did it with field goals or, or how they did it, it was still a really big win to go in to Seattle and to, and to win that game. Again, I was listening to the broadcast, I think, uh, two days ago. You know, you start the broadcast, and everything is about the Seahawks, right? Everything is about them doing this, going on a playoff run, going on a Super Bowl run. And then it, the, 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 the script just gets completely flipped. So you know that they've got a lot of confidence. Joe Judge, I think, really kind of came in, put his uh, stamp on that team. I, I, it takes a while to sort of get things geared up and going, and sometimes it never does, i.e. The, uh, the Detroit Lions, you know, with Matt Patricia. 
but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think the, the element I might be raining. So in terms of kind of airing it out, when we see uh, quarterbacks do that, it, it may be dependent on the run game if it is run, run, uh, raining out there. Pretend you are, I, I'm sure you've kind of seen the controversy surrounding college football. If you yeah. were a, a Big Ten athletic director, would you vote to change the rule for uh, for Ohio State to be able to play in the Big Ten championship game? Oh, man. It, a yes for the kids, right? You think about those players and the opportunity to do that, but at the same time, how do you look at one, you know, teams who have played so many games and, and have been out there putting themselves on the line because they, they deserve an opportunity as well. Yeah. It, listen, we should have thought about this before the, before the season started, and we didn't, you know, and, and I think the NFL has done a great job of adjusting and moving forward. Obviously, it's different when you're dealing with student athletes and not professional athletes. You know, you have to be a little more or a lot more cautious in terms of what you're doing on the field and when, when it comes to this virus. But I don't know how you – I mean, I don't know how I – mean, they haven't played almost half as many games as some of these other teams have played. And, and I think that that is a big black eye right now. Yeah, I, look, I, I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12, first of all, credit to them for adjusting on the fly because imagine if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had never played at all, right? Mm-hmm. As, as So the one positive I would say is that the Big Ten controversy is arising here. But imagine how much anger there would be in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 if, as uh, as appears to be the case, the ACC, the SEC, and mm-hmm. the Big 12 are all going to be able to crown champions and safely play their seasons with fans present, right? Mm, Not only have they gotten through the season, <laughs> they've managed to do it with crowds present, which is an incredible accomplishment. But I just think this is a this is a fascinating sort of dilemma that the Big Ten finds itself in because if I'm the athletic director, as I was saying, of Indiana, I don't want to adjust the rules to benefit Ohio State when Mm -hmm. my team might never win the Big Ten East ever again, right? I mean, like this is going to be – how often is Indiana going to be better than Penn State, than Ohio State, and than also Michigan in terms of being able to play? This is going to be a very unique year when it comes to college sports, when it comes to the NFL, because people are out because of this virus. And uh, I think, I mean, I think you, I think you got to give um, give way for other opportunities for other for other teams to get into that. Don't just nominate them because of the name of the organization or because of what you've seen in in six games. Other teams, right? I mean, like they 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 have injuries. They they roll on, and and that could have happened to Ohio State, and they could have fallen off the map. We just don't know because we haven't seen a complete body of work one of the big challenges of college football in general is just going on the road and playing against a team as ohio state well knows look at what happened to iowa at iowa look at what happened at purdue sometimes you roll into a buzzsaw and don't see it coming at all and that's one of the challenges of conference play and uh, and and I just think this is going to be uh, this is going to be wildly interesting to see how they end up reconciling all of this down the stretch. Speaking of wildly interesting, we'll go back to the NFL here. The Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys. What in the world do they do? Right. I mean, because they're sitting at three and nine right now. They came into the season with the favorite. They were the favorites to win the NFC East. Uh, there was a lot of reasons for optimism. Dak Prescott gets hurt. Everything kind of falls apart for them this year. They certainly right now are sitting around the fourth overall draft pick. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. What do you do going forward? 
I think you got to get a quarterback. I mean, we had this conversation before, yeah. right? You just don't know what that injury is going to do. And, you know, I mean, I don't think Dak's that old, right? He's uh, 26, 27, something like that. I know I covered it at Mississippi State, so that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that you have to pull, bring somebody in to at least start to groom them for that opportunity if it doesn't pan out. I, I actually, this morning, as I was getting ready for this, I wrote down, here's a, here's a good poll question for you. Like, which backup quarterback ha- like, was the most successful this year? Because we've seen incredible amounts of backup quarterbacks, whether it be because of injuries, I mean, uh, or, or COVID. I mean, you know, I, it just like you, if you would have told us at the beginning of the year, who, which, which quarterback would not be in because they just got pulled or because uh, another guy came in. It's an incredible list right now. When you look at all of the guys who have gotten opportunities, some of them have run with it and some of them are growing. I mean, I saw Taysom Hill uh, yep. last weekend. I thought he did a tremendous job in terms of kind of identi- like figuring out his own identity. He passed the ball a bunch. He ran the ball, which is what he does. You know, they told him from the very beginning. I know I heard Jay Glazer on the show uh, yesterday talking about just don't mess it up, right? Just manage the game. But I do feel like he's starting to come into his own uh, in that organization and, and could be a starter somewhere, um, even if it is when Drew decides to walk away. So it would be interesting to hear who you think and some of the other folks out there, who, who's the best, who is a legitimate possible, possible number one from all the backups that we've seen this year? Yeah, look, I want to go to that Taysom Hill question for a minute because you covered them last week with their game mm-hmm. against the Falcons. And I think this story is, is wildly underplayed. Sean Payton is now 8-0 with his backup quarterback in over the last two seasons. 5-0 with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who he got helped to get a massive contract from the Carolina Panthers to be a starting quarterback. Now 3-0 with Taysom Hill. That's an amazing uh, endorsement of the culture that he's created in the Saints, but also of the overall talent that surrounds that team, right? Defensive side of the ball, everywhere else. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas certainly have been uh, productive no matter who the quarterback is. But that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible, right? To go 8-0 with a backup quarterback? Yes, and it's even more – so this is like twofold, right? One, you're learning from a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, you're sitting in those quarterback rooms with Drew Brees and you're learning from a Hall of Famer. You're learning how to do things the right way in terms of being a quarterback. And I don't think, like Sean Payton, what he saw with Taysom Hill on tape when he was at Green Bay, he identified certain things. He said that he told us this week that, like, not even the scouts were – they weren't even looking at Taysom when, when he was looking at some of the film from Green Bay. He was looking at other players, and it just, like, he popped off the screen in terms of his leadership skills. And then, obviously, he's got all the physical uh, elements to be a great NFL player, whether or not he's under center. Uh, but I think you're learning from the best. But at the same time, you're learning from a guy. John Payton uh, told us this week on the, on the call that Drew Brees is like Emerald in the kitchen, right? He doesn't want to just, like, know what's in the recipe. He wants to know, like, is there toilet paper in the bathroom? Is there soap in the bathroom? Is there this? Is there this? So he is doing everything when he's out on that field. And so when he comes off that field, all of these guys are all of a sudden like, uh, okay, all right, oh, oh, I, oh, okay. And so they're adjusting to life without Drew. And so I think that, you know, it's twofold. You've got a, a tremendous talent who's been doing it for two decades under center. But when he steps away, all of those guys have to, to function on their own without him out there. And I think that does say a lot to, to the culture that, that Sean Payton has built. Did they get any idea when they expect Drew Brees back? Obviously, if they continue to win, the pressure to bring him back is lessened. 
but when do they expect for him to be back from those rib injuries? Well, he didn't. He was on IR last week for our yeah. game. He was on the sideline. I saw him pregame. He was out there, kind of going through motions. I didn't. He did not do any throwing motions, though. He was just kind of moving his lower body and his legs. Um, and and uh, so I think he comes off. He's eligible to come off IR this week. But you got to think. What do you have? Eleven cracked ribs? Yeah, ten. It's crazy. I didn't that's even know how many insane. ribs there were. I mean, that's the most cracked ribs I've ever heard on both sides. By the way. That is insane, right? So, I mean, if I were, I mean, I, listen, I'm not Sean Payton. I don't know what's going on in there. I, yeah, if you're still winning, just keep winning and, and get him 100% because I do think that that's a team that we're going to see. I think we could see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Have you thought, by the way, what the Super Bowl is going to be like? I mean, you were down in Miami with the Fox Super Bowl last February. And whatever the situation is, we've had Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, on. He's like, hey, I want to have – uh, somewhat of a normal Super Bowl, you know, for, for Tampa Bay. But it's going to be kind of, I mean, it, it's kind of wild to think about two different Florida Super Bowls and how varied the vibe is going to be in the space of a year, right? Where in Miami, it's a frenzy. There's a big party every direction you can look. And then in Tampa, like, they're going to have limited seating. I imagine many of the big corporate shenanigans and events are going to not be happening? Are they even going to have major media coverage in person? You know, the usual uh, big-time event where they have all the media meet the the players who are there. You know, media days has turned into a huge thing. I, all yeah. that's going to be remote. Like, it, it's going to be amazing to think about the difference between Super Bowl 54 and Super Bowl 55. Yeah, you know, but I mean, you look at the NFL draft and the way that that was yeah, able to go that's off, right? right? I, I actually like that better because it. seeing the players in their homes with their families and their friends, to me, was a more interesting window into yeah. their lives than seeing them walk on a stage in a suit. Bill Belichick sitting at his like, yes. table with his dog. Yes, absolutely. I mean, how, you never get those glimpses into people's lives. So. I have to think that they are probably really kind of gearing up for it to be a virtual thing. And, and you know, the Super Bowl is not, I mean, it's, it, I, think, I think regardless, it's going to be an incredible event. It's just going to obviously look very different. I mean, listen, Florida is probably one of the um, more sort of relaxed in terms of the rules. So I do think that there'll be fans, and, and I think there will be some sort of normalcy. Obviously, nothing like it has been in the past. But it might be a cool little test of, of I mean, like you said, the NFL draft was kind of cool this year. It was, it was kind of, it was different. We didn't know how it was going to go off. There could have been issues. There could have been people tampering and, 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 and kind of figuring out who the picks were before because everything's virtual. But I thought it was really cool. So I'll be interested to see how it goes down. Do you watch all these Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies? No. No. Right. I don't They're have on time every time to I walk through anything. my house. I saw something yesterday to Mario Lopez. Yeah. He's going to be Colonel Sanders, I think. I mean, that would, that's a stretch for me. Yeah, sexy <laughs> Colonel I Sanders, can, I think. I see every AC Slater every time I see Mario Lopez. I don't care how old, I don't care how far we removed we are from Saved by the Bell. Whenever I see Mario Lopez, I, I think AC Slater. Yeah, I want to see the new uh, Saved by the Bell. Is that streaming now? I can't keep up with where everything... I was complaining yesterday on the show about how I don't know how to get into any of the different streaming oh. services. Do you know how to do that? Like... We have Listen. we have Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, uh, uh, Disney Plus, WWE, all these different individual streaming networks, and I just want to be able to sit down in front of my television and put the game on. I couldn't watch the Steelers 
and the Washington team because uh, because it was restricted to viewership. And so I was just like, this is just throwing my entire world for a spin. Every single time I get logged out of one of those yes. darn things. And, and it's so archaic the way that you have to enter your password. That's right. It's like, do, 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 yeah, over it takes right, forever. And then, like, I, I sit there with my kids, and I, I can't remember my password. Yeah, so no, I don't know any passwords. It, and, like, we literally jump up and down when it, like, is right. Because we're like, yes, we got it on the first try or on the third try because you have to go back. I'm like, how is, how is this? How, like, why isn't this voice activated? Or, like, why isn't there some easier way to do this? Uh, yes, it's, I heard you talking about that yesterday. And every single time, it is, it is like, I, I can't. It, it just stresses me out. Um, no Hallmark. I am watching The Crown and Yellowstone oh. right now. Those oh, so you're watching watch. Yellowstone now. What do you think? I love it. I love his daughter. She's such a bad human yes. being. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is awful, but she is great. <laughs> yeah, Beth is, uh, yes, is, Beth, is, yeah. is fantastic. I love Yellowstone. Yes. Now, what season of The Crown are you on? I just started because I it's it's funny because I've, I've started kind of training for my my Kona Ironman. So when I'm yeah. on the bike and I'm on my trainer, I I found a new binge watch to watch without my husband because I can't cheat on Yellowstone without yeah. you know him. Uh, and I really like it. Just season one, I'm on like episode four or five. I think the casting is incredible. Like you, you just like you believe that these these um, these characters are actually the characters that they're playing. I thought they did a tremendous job, but I love it. I think it's great. I haven't watched any of it, but my wife is obsessed with it, and they just had the new season about Princess Die. And so yeah. uh, she watched, like, I think all 10 episodes or whatever it was is one day when I was watching college football. Oh, yeah. uh, so the Princess Die, I know, uh, angle has, like, kind of captivated yeah. everybody for the most recent season. Uh, Shannon Spake, we will talk to you next week. Have a good trip up to New York. Hopefully you get a good game. Thank you, Clay. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. Right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts 
parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So Danny G got played? I think three million Americans did. Thank you, So Snoop. your first thought when you saw Snoop Dogg sharing a video was... This is the nation's most trustworthy person. <laughs> well, Snoop Dogg's Instagram account yeah. is the place I go to make sure that I get 100% real news. And this is your source. Snoop Dogg to you is the Walter Cronkite of our times. Pretty much. I mean, come on. Doggy style, classic, five star. So what's the story so, here so, now out of so, Nebraska? Okay. So the facts of the story are correct. But what they did is they took a different lady being more animated than the one that was actually interviewed in the in the local news channel. So we have the actual interview? I do. I have that in front of me right now. How long is this? Uh, looks like it is a minute 40. All right. Let's play the real interview. Yeah. And it took 15 different article views to find this. So thank you, 1011 Now. Here you go. On Saturday afternoon, 25-year-old Norma Nemox was being dropped off by her sister. That's when she first noticed a man standing in this window on the second floor. I see a man with a chainsaw in his hand, and he rips open the door, standing in the middle part of that flat part of the stairs, and he's standing at the top of the stairs. And he says to me, excuse my language because it's about to get vulgar, he says, what's up, Nemox says she made it about halfway up these back stairs when the man began chasing her. Started up his chainsaw and he said, get off of my property. So he started chasing me down the stairs with the chainsaw all the way until we got to the end off the property. And then he like stopped chasing me across that street. 
That man, 41-year-old Daniel Stewick, left the complex after the incident. The woman says he got back when police were there, and that's when they arrested him. In an interview with LPD, Stewart claimed that black people had been stealing from him and that, quote, she was guilty because she was black. The neighbor upstairs said that he was starting his chainsaw in his apartment all day. And I guess when he seen me, he just found his victim. Newmuck says she's contacted her landlords, but they haven't said if he will be allowed to return. She says it's no longer just a safety issue for her and her five-year-old son, but for the whole complex. Something that you hear in movies, somebody like being chased with a chainsaw, is just unreal. Stewick remains cited and lodged in the Lancaster County Jail tonight with terroristic threats as a hate crime, which is a felony. Reporting in Lincoln, Ellis Moldsey, 1011 now. All right, so the base, so that explains why the guy got shot. Yeah. Right? And kept moving because that part wasn't true. The part that still remains to be true, however, is the landlord hasn't said, yeah, we're going to have to evict him with a chainsaw while screaming a racial slur. I would think that would be grounds to be evicted from an apartment. I'm not an expert on landlord tenant. <laughs> We're law, in a pandemic. Can but they just kick up? You people can't just them? kick anybody out yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think you would have to do in that uh, in Nebraska in that apartment complex to get I mean, kicked out? Maybe have like Jeffrey Dahmer like uh, bodies in your uh, in your refrigerator. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> like actually, you have to catch somebody with the chainsaw and saw them up, and then store their body parts in your refrigerator. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what you would have to do in order to, uh, to, to to pull that off. Before you had the money you have now, did you ever live in any sort of sketchy apartment complex where you had neighbors that you wish could get kicked out? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I only lived, so I lived in my parents' house. I'm trying to think through all the places that I've lived. I lived in my parents' house and then I lived in uh, in my dorm room. I lived in an apartment in Washington, D.C., but it was like, I mean, it was a normal apartment, I would say. I mean, it wasn't like nice or fancy or anything, but I, I think they were probably wishing that we would get kicked out, right? Because where I went to college in Washington, D.C., you have uh, so many of like the GW kids living alongside of older people, right? Like so, and you could imagine how much that would suck because – there are so many different college kids who live in apartment buildings and your neighbor might be 80. And obviously there's a huge difference in lifestyle between somebody who's been living in a DC apartment for years and years and, you know, the 20 year old college kid who lives next door. So I'm sure that they wanted us kicked out. And then I did have um, a, a, a neighbor when I was in law school who would play music like super loud, you know, like it would shake the entire uh the entire place but i never lived anywhere where i felt like somebody was dangerous you know like living alongside of me was it good music at least no i mean i I, (laughs) if i can hear your music in my place from your place then it's like it's not a it's not a solid uh it's not a solid music choice i don't care what it is and so it wasn't awful though because i didn't share a wall with them Right, like uh, I mean, I shared a wall with them, but my bedroom was on the opposite side, so I I didn't have any issues with like getting woken up by that or anything like that. The worst thing I would say is we got flooded when I was living because the guy above me had a pipe burst and it came all the way down through into my place. My place was on the first floor, and so that was a disaster. Right, like any time you live in a condo or an apartment 
and somebody's pipes burst, it, it sucks anytime you get flooded, right? Period. But if you're not even involved in it and somebody's pipes burst or they do something stupid above you and it just all comes into your place, like that's 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 by far the worst thing that's happened to me is getting flooded from the from the unit above me and having to move out. Yeah, when my family was in LA, we moved to the Bay Area for for a couple of years when I was like in the fifth grade, and we stayed in a two bedroom apartment in San Jose. And our upstairs neighbors, they lit, they got in a fight. This couple, and she lit their apartment on fire. I guess intentionally, she, intentionally. And so, you know, the, the fire department got there on time to save the building. There was a ton of damage to the upstairs, so they renovate and everything. And the couple moves back in. Oh and I remember God. my mom saying. Wow, they must be relatives with the landlord because why in the world are they moving she back She intentionally in? burned down yeah. the apartment and they didn't kick him out? Yeah, well, she pulled a left eye. I guess she was burning some of his belongings. You know, same thing oh, the left oh, eye did it, back in the day, throwing his and shoes then it and caught stuff. caught fire exactly. elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they stayed together? <laughs> they stayed together. What a great couple they must yeah. be. Total Andre Risen right there. Yeah. I mean, well, Andre Risen's still alive, right? Or is he dead now, too? I think he's alive. But she's dead. She passed away. I'm yeah, I thought for some reason maybe both of them were dead now. I hope Andre Risen's still alive. Uh, you might have just killed him. Yeah, I know. A lot of times when I ask questions like these, they end up uh, end up being dead. Let me bring in the crew here before we do bottom five. What do you think about Danny G's failure in reporting there? Well, I'll start with you, Eddie, since you are technically the newsman on the show. You have to make sure that you get all your scores right, all your info right, since your updates. Well, how would you assess Danny G trusting a Snoop Dogg video that he saw on Instagram and bringing it to the show as a legitimate clip? Well, first of all, thank you for calling me technically the newsman on the show. Uh, I, well, I, I mean, would, I don't know if that's an endorsement or not, I, but I technically you are the only person who is 100% charged with not screwing up. Like, you are in the update business. So if you came on and you said the Cowboys – beat the Ravens like that would be a big whiff right so that would be accurate yeah so if I came on people would just be like oh Clay Travis he's just misspeaking he knows what you know like I think most people would expect that I would uh that I would be able to get that right but I'm not technically the newsman so as the technical newsman on the show how would you assess Danny G trusting Snoop Dogg's Instagram video well I will give Danny G a little tip that uh is kind of basic in the news business yeah. Uh, you want to, as much as possible, have two independent sources uh, for your stories. Uh, Snoop Dogg would not be would just be the one source, yeah, and not a real reliable source. So I would, if it was just Snoop Dogg reporting something, I would definitely make sure to have a <laughs> another source that would corroborate. corroborate and that. it's not even just Snoop Dogg; it's Snoop Dogg's Instagram account. So I don't even know where, like, on the social media flowchart, Instagram would be. But I would think it would be below Twitter. Like, wouldn't you think, even as unreliable as Twitter can be, I would feel like people try to share news on Twitter. Do people share a lot of news on Instagram? Or is it mostly just hot chicks doing squats in, 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 in yoga pants? All I know about Instagram is the booty models. I, I, yeah, you, I think Instagram... The only reason Instagram exists is for hot chicks to be showing almost their nipples and to be showing almost everything else, right? Like Almost. I mean, they can't quite show nudity, right? <laughs> no. Correct. 
right? I mean, but they go right up to the edge of whatever the nudity line is. Yes. And that's like 98% of the value in terms of market cap for Instagram. Right? I mean, so I don't even think of Instagram. I don't think of Twitter as a great source for news, but I would put Instagram below it. So you would, what letter grade, it's 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 midterm season, uh, final exam season for college kids, depending on how long your classes go. What letter grade would you give Danny G's reporting associated with the Chainsaw Nebraska story? Uh, I would have to give him a C minus yeah. on this one. Now, technically, it <laughs> did you happen. think people out there have lost faith in OutKick over Danny G's failure with the Chainsaw I, Nebraska I think, story? I think the audience is shaken. Shaken, yeah. and I think it's right. What yeah. about you, Roberto? Yeah, I got to go with a C, a C minus as well. Uh, Danny, sorry, I think man. that's actually generous uh, on the uh, on the grade. I, I would have just rolled with the first story, be like, "Yeah, uh, that's accurate." Uh, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I wasn't gonna don't do that. Don't admit your mistake. That's <laughs> Roberto's policy. Yeah, no, but I dug fifteen <laughs> articles deep, and that's the thing: is the headline from the New York Post and Newsweek and other sources match his headline in the details when you sort through it just looked like some of the stuff was missing like we talked about happens with tons of these stories okay i'll give you a c plus now no you're still being too generous dub (laughs) is your faith in outkick as a news source shaken based on our reporting uh issues here with the nebraska chainsaw incident you know i'm gonna give danny g a c i'm gonna give him some bonus points because to be fair it was a pretty hilarious clip so I'm I'm kind of a lenient teacher in this regard. Yeah. If if you can make me laugh, I'm going to probably give you five bonus points on your exam. D- Dub grades on, on a curve. Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm a curve <laughs> grader. And speaking of Instagram, there's some curves on there too. So, yeah. Uh, what I don't even go on Instagram. Like I post a picture maybe once a week on Instagram because Booty? every time I click on Instagram. <laughs> It's just like almost naked models. And I'm like, I, I could spend, I don't want to get sucked into the Instagram black hole where, you know, like 45 minutes later, I've just been looking at at girls in spandex for 45 minutes, almost showing me their nudity and trying to get me to sign up for their OnlyFans page. Like, I, and also, I work pretty hard to have, you know, the number of followers that I have on Twitter. And I see some of these girls, and I'm like, how does she have 4 million followers? You can start the Clay Only fan page. Well, we have that. We have the OutKick VIP. (laughs) But there's no nudity involved. Maybe we need more nudity. Maybe we'd have a lot more people sign up if I was almost showing my nipples. I don't know. Please keep your man boobs off the Uh, internet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's a demand for that. Uh, So that is the update on Nebraska. Should I go to – no, we've got plenty of time here. All right, here is my bottom five. We'll fire up the music for you. Here. All right, here's the bottom five in the uh, – now that we've completed NFL week, thir- uh, week 13, right, with the Tuesday night game. Uh, I gave you the top five. I'll run through them really quick. Uh, Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Second best team in the NFL, according to the OutKick top five, is the New Orleans Saints. Third, I'm keeping the Steelers up at three. In the four spot, I'm rolling with the Green Bay Packers, and I am putting now the Buffalo Bills in as my fifth best team. All right, here is the list of sadness now that the Cowboys have played, and we probably gave the Cowboys too much credit because I said let's wait because what if the Cowboys pull off the upset? Maybe I could pull them out of the bottom five. In the 28th spot, they are now starting a new quarterback. They are in the NFC East. They are maybe the worst disaster in the NFC East right now. If you consider 
the contract situation they're in with Carson Wentz, I've got the Eagles. In the 29th spot, I have got the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who lost last night and are now sitting at 3-9. and nine. I believe the Cowboys would have the number four overall pick in the draft if the season were ending today. In the 30th spot, they showed some early flashes of decency, but then Joe Burrow got wrecked, and I've got the Bengals at 30th, and then dueling for the final two spots to see who's going to end up being able to draft Trevor Lawrence. I've got the Jags at 31 and the Jets at 32. Danny G, how would that compare with your bottom five? Yeah, I went uh, Chargers because of that 45 to nothing blowout. Yeah, that's loss. fair. Uh, Cowboys, Bengals, Jags, Jets. And Almost. sorry to Eddie's wife, but yeah, that loss to the Patriots was really surprising by the the Chargers. I just look at the, yes, that was an awful performance and that's not a bad position to take, but I look at the totality of the season and I think the Chargers have been better over the course of the season. I mean, certainly they've had a lot more winnable games than I think the Eagles have, yeah, but that's I can fair, see that but, argument. But you always would say with your top five, bottom five, that you like to go week by week. And, and really, uh, you know, focus on what happened this week. Yeah, but as the season progresses, I think you have less overall movement because you kind of get more solidified. But anyway, I can see that argument. Yeah. Dub, what would your bottom five look like? Pretty much the same. I had a question, though. Why, why did the Eagles even announce that they're making the quarterback switch? I mean, couldn't they have just done that internally and then just trotted out Jalen Hurts? I'm not that, you know. It's a it makes it harder between, to prepare for, right. in theory, is what you're arguing. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, a good they question. they need to win this game, I feel like they announced that for pretty much no reason. That's a good question. I don't know what the benefit to announcing that would be. It's a, it's a very good question. I, is there – there's no – like, the NFL injury reports are pretty significant, but it's not like Carson Wentz has got an injury report. So, you know, that it's questionable whether or not he's going to play or he's doubtful or anything like that. Uh, I agree kind of with you. I don't know why you would let your opponent know in advance that maybe you've got a different style quarterback who's going to play. I think that's a that's a good point. Uh, do you have the same bottom five, by the way, or what's your bottom five? Yeah, same exact one. Philly's in there, Dallas in there, and the bottom three I think are pretty clear. Uh, what about you, Eddie? How would you assess the bottom five? Yeah, I would I would like a Merry Christmas, so I will not include my wife's beloved Chargers in the bottom five. Yes. So I will I would go Eagles, Cowboys, and then as So you have the or, exact same bottom five yes, that I do. Yes. Uh and by the way, are you nervous about the Steelers? Yes. Uh what like do you expect them to beat the Bills this weekend or not? Um I I'm no, I don't think they're gonna beat the Bills. I thought they were, I thought this was the game they were gonna lose to end the undefeated streak. Um so So you think they're gonna lose two in a row? Yeah, I do. And then that would obviously theoretically put the Chiefs into the, the, the catbird seat being able to have a bye week. Correct. Um, and I don't – I mean, do, does anybody out here think that somebody other than the Chiefs is going to win the AFC right now? I mean, we have four weeks to go. Lots can happen. People can get injured. Things can change. But I think the Chiefs should be a prohibitive favorite in the AFC. Would you agree? Is everybody in agreement there? Yeah, for sure. Well, before the season began, I did pick the Bills um, to go to the Super Bowl. Out of the AFC, what was my prediction? Was it Chief Saints? It was Chief Saints, yeah. So I'm still on the exact yep. same teams, uh, and those would be my favorites to go. What were the other picks, by the way? Has anybody's looked bad? 
Oh, I had the Cowboys. You took the Cowboys, the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, they both took Cowboys. Yeah, I had yeah the that's not good. So I, you know, I don't want to brag, but it looks like I'm the genius here. Same here. Uh, what about? Did you have the exact same teams? Yeah, as me, Saints Roberto? and Chargers. I mean, Chargers, not Chargers. <laughs> Saints and Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what about you, Roberto? Is your bottom five the same, pretty much as mine? Pretty, uh, pretty much. Uh, I got, I got the Chargers, and I got Cowboys, Chargers. Bengals, Jaguars, and Jets. By the way, the Bills have moved out, Dub. You were just saying this opened, I think the Bills were like a really tiny favorite, and now the point totals have continued to roll in. Uh, the Bills are out to two-and-a-half-point favorite now. Yeah, last week the Steelers on the look-ahead were two-and-a-half-point favorites, so it so swung this is a five all the point way. Swing. That's a yeah. big move. Seems a little extreme to me. Yeah, that is, uh, that is interesting. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, if the if – the, Let's be honest. This is crazy, right? Crazy talk. But if the Steelers were to lose against the Bills, I believe I'm correct that they still have to play the Browns, right? Yes. So the Browns, if they beat the Ravens this weekend, again, would need to be a big win for the Browns for a second straight week. But if they did and the Steelers lost, you could argue that the Browns are in the running to potentially win the AFC North, right? With three weeks to go. I mean, that's not a crazy position to adopt. That Correct. Especially with that game left on the calendar. Steelers still have the Colts on their schedule, too. Which is a tough game. Yep. Uh, so the Browns' schedule is better if they could beat the Ravens, potentially, to be in a position where they could win the AFC North in that game against the Steelers. That would be, I mean, that that would be a wild outcome, uh, especially not even like that would have seemed like a little bit crazy to predict before the season started. But when you think about the Steelers being eleven and zero, to think that they might not even win their division would be a pretty wild conclusion to the final five weeks of the season. Uh, Steelers Browns in Cleveland final uh, week of the regular season. So if you are the Browns, who has the tie break there right now? We know it's because it's the Steelers because they have already beaten the Browns. But what would the what's the like? What are their division records? Does anybody have that in front of them uh, right now? All, all three of the Raven, or excuse me, all three of the Browns losses have been in the AFC. I think it's yeah. conference record, right? Is the tiebreaker? Yeah. Break well, record? I think the first tiebreak is division yeah, the record. Br- the Browns are two and two in the division, and the Steelers are four and zero. Oh. Okay, so the Steelers would have to lose the last two in the division. Do they play the Bengals too? So that's probably they unlikely. Do, yes, they do. So that would be tough if they're going to end up with the same record. So let's say they both ended up thirteen and three, which would require the Browns to win out, and then the Steelers to lose one more, and then lose to the Browns the Steelers would still have the tie break. So that's a tough that's a tough, uh, tough road to hoe, so to speak, for the Browns to be able to catch up and win that division. Because I think it's kind of crazy to expect that the Steelers would lose three more games, right? I mean, that would be a, uh, that would be a pretty tough collapse in the final four to just go one and three. And that's basically what would have to happen, I think, in order for the Browns to win this division. They'd have to win out. So it's probably unlikely. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Big question that is out there. What is the Big Ten going to do? They have got a meeting with the athletic director scheduled today, but reports are they haven't discussed voting yet to change the rules, which seems kind of crazy. It seems like maybe you guys would be discussing that, right? 
there are only 14 athletic directors. Next week is the Big Ten title game. I would think that maybe now is the time to sit around and discuss if you're going to change the rules for who plays in the Big Ten title game. In the meantime, if I am Gene Smith, the athletic director of Ohio State, and I'm Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas A&M, I'm seriously considering trying to get a game set up between my two teams. Now, there are some complexities here. Who would put it on television because the SEC has their television package and the Big Ten has their television package? So that can factor in. Usually the rule is whoever is the home team gets that as a part of their television package. So if Texas A&M were hosting this game, it would be a part of the SEC on CBS and or ESPN. And if the game were taking place at Ohio State, it would be a part of Fox or ESPN. To me, the easy solution would be that ESPN could get it because they have a relationship with both the SEC and the Big Ten. And maybe they, uh, maybe, you know, I'm saying if they play it at a neutral site venue or something like that, that, this is a game that is very valuable. Although maybe Fox has a claim on this game since they're not going to get Michigan-Ohio State this year and that's kind of the crown jewel of the Big Ten, you know, Big Ten package in general. So I don't know how the Big Ten makes good to Fox Sports the fact that they don't get the biggest and best game in the entirety of the Big Ten this year. And in theory, it's not a game that can ever, you know, it's not a loss that can ever be made up. So I'm not sure exactly how all of this uh, shakes out. And to your point, Dub, like how are they not more proactive in terms of thinking about the way this rule is playing out that we already know Wisconsin was bumped out of contention based on not playing enough games it's imminently foreseeable that Ohio State might have had the same issue, and now we know Ohio State has the same issue, and yet they're still not prepared to discuss what they're going to do in terms of changing the rules? Yeah, it makes no sense to me, and if this vote goes anything like the last vote when they were even deciding whether or not to play a season, I don't know how they get this done in one day. I mean, (laughs) that process took weeks. Yeah, not only that, and remember – it was they didn't want to release what the votes were you know is this allowed to be a private vote you know are they publicly having to say exactly what they're in favor of or against and again i just circle back to a lot of people saying hey the rules should be changed for ohio state but i can't believe more people aren't pointing out that indiana is going to be the big loser here And how often is Indiana ever going to appear in the Big Ten title game? They may not be in the Big Ten title game. I know Tom Allen's doing well, and I know the program. They've won two Big Ten championships in their entire career as a football program. So if I'm Indiana, there's no way I'm voting to change the rules. Because I'm going to say, look, we played by these rules all season. My team played in this COVID era more games. And by the way, remember, Ohio State is not without fault here. 
to the extent that you want to blame anyone, it's not like every school has canceled on Ohio State. Ohio State canceled on Illinois. So Maryland canceled on Ohio State. Michigan has canceled on Ohio State. But the Buckeyes canceled on Illinois. So it's not as if everyone has canceled on them, which would, I think, make it an easier argument for them. This story's not going away. We'll keep breaking it down for you. This is OutKick. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.